buddy. Your internet died, didn't it? My power went out. Oh my god! <laughs> I didn't notice you were gone at all. <laughs> Bow your shits. The real war isn't between a few squabbling houses. It's between the living and the dead. Winter is coming. Why are all the gods such vicious cunts? Chaos isn't a pit. Chaos is a ladder. I'm the shield that guards the realms of men. You know nothing, Jon Snow. I drink and I know things. You're the worst shit in the Seven Kingdoms! Death is the enemy. The first enemy and the last. I am the god of jits and wine. Welcome back. Oh my god. <laughs> my name is Chris. I'm Andy. And I'm Steve. And this is Streaming Things Binge and Nerd Espresso Edition. Oh yeah. I just god. had some. Bourbon Andy's edition. drinking bourbon, right? Yeah. Steve, are you drinking anything cool? Uh, water. Aww. Aww. The You're coolest fired. liquid of them all. <laughs> <laughs> so we have a few special announcements, some uh, business to attend to, if you will. Of course, this is the Game of Thrones celebration retrospective type of episode deal. We're going to go through our favorite episodes, our favorite moments, a few fun games like Celebrity Deathmatch style I was thinking up, cooking up in my head, but we One didn't of us plan those. Yeah, <laughs> one of us. It might be a two man show from here on out. Uh, maybe we'll finally get a female guest that'll be willing to join us. Uh, probably not. It'll probably just be me and whoever else survives because I know I'm not going to die. Right. <laughs> He's got the crazy, nails. crazy eyes, crazy eyes. I'm, yeah, I'm essentially the aria of this episode. Plot armor. Uh, so we've got a few a very special announcements. Steve, do you want to tell us what's going on in your life that's relevant to our love of TV and film? Oh, am I actually announcing this? Oh, yes, uh, it's sure. amazing. Uh, I found out today that one of the uh, one of my projects I worked on la- late last year has been nominated for uh, an Emmy. So hey. that is fucking incredible, Steve May. Prominently of streaming things, Binge and Nerd <laughs> is nominated for an Emmy. Is that going to be like a, a televised award? Are you going to be on stage? Or? I don't think they. Are you going to thank those. me? No, I probably won't even be up there accepting the, the award. <laughs> but if you do, I would be on the list, right? Oh, right. I would just be right under. Like, I, think, I like to thank God, uh, Chris. Right Rodden, under God. Yes, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> Actually, can you put me before one, God? One above the big guy? Sure. He hasn't yeah. done anything for me in a while. <laughs> I would like to thank Chris of Streaming Things, Binge and Nerd, which is available on all podcast platforms. God, my mother, Chris again. Did I mention streaming things, which is available on all podcast platforms? That's how the speech should go. And Uh, forget Andy. (laughs) (laughs) Can we change our uh, podcast name to streaming things, mention nerd featuring Emmy award winning filmmaker, Steve May featuring, featuring (laughs) Emmy nominated Andy. Let's not, you know, cart before the horse. Don't don't jinx him. Don't jinx him. He's such a good guy. Uh, I mean, that's that's, soon to be Oscar nominated. Purely what they base the uh, the wins on. Are you a good guy or not? So yeah. Also, did you sleep with Harvey Weinstein? 
Major, yeah. major clout now on Steve, the show. Did you sleep with Harvey Weinstein? <laughs> no, but I had to watch him do things to a plant. It was awkward. <laughs> <laughs> that plant was on the business end of a balloon knot. I'll just tell you that. Steve oh, no. had to watch Louis C.K. jerk off a lot of times to get where he's at in the biz. Yeah, he's crying. Worth it. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Hashtag went there. Hashtag <laughs> fuck it. Hashtag uh, stream. So hashtag is, espresso. Does not condone these things. <laughs> yeah, all bets are off. I've had about four, it's four shots that's in my cup. 6.30 at night as we're recording this. So we've got a few things planned out for the show, just rolling right off the masturbatory jokes. Uh, I'm going to head straight into the business. Uh, we've we've planned it all out in a three-way call last night, and it's pretty steep, pretty good. Labyrinthine, our plot. Uh, we're going to finish Game of Thrones tonight. You're going to listen to it while well, you're doing that right now, I guess. And then we're going to uh, do a uh, discussion on Chernobyl, HBO's... Uh, Awesome new series and um, mini series, I should say. Limited series. What the fuck is it? Both of those. Two it's both mini and things. limited. Yes. Okay. Thank you, Andrew. Uh, <laughs> soon to be nominated, Andrew. <laughs> That's what we have Andy on the show for. <laughs> and then we're going to talk about uh, Good Omens, the Terry Pratchett, Neil Gaiman adaptation that's on Amazon Prime. Uh, we're going to go through that as well. Um, and then we're going to launch probably back into our uh, Stranger Things coverage. So Steve's got uh, some plans to re-upload our past Stranger Things coverage in the weeks preceding the July 4th debut of season three of Stranger Things. So for new listeners, you get an easier scroll to find our old uh, heralded stuff, right? The, 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 the reason most people are here will mm. be re-uploaded. Uh, we might do some like... Uh, you know, top film and TV of the year so far or something. Uh, Cause there's like a week or two there. That's kind of empty. We slotted could probably out. squeeze in black mirror. That's an option. I that's that true. Uh, that's tonight. Holy shit. It should be there today. Right? The new season of black mirror. Hell Never mind. Yeah. We're not recording game of Thrones. I have to go. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. That's awesome. So anyway, I'm sitting here um, watching yeah. it right now, dude. <laughs> I guess, show. Any more business before we dive right into our uh, ode to Game of Thrones? Uh, Game ode Thrones. All right. Game Game ode Thrones starting now. Uh, Let's start off with our ranking, our controversial rankings of the seasons. Uh, There's a lot of varying opinions out there as to uh, which seasons were the best and how bad were the bad ones and all that. Um, There's a lot of crazy people. I was listening to uh, a podcaster that I won't name that I love the other day, and he was basically arguing about Andy, (laughs) whether or not. It was even worth it to watch the show because of where it ends and how he couldn't in good conscience even recommend the show to somebody anymore, which I thought was a bit dramatic, to say the least. Um, So let's start off. We'll do. Should we do one at a time or should we just go through quickly and and give some reasons why that guy should? uh, Yeah, I guess we should do one at a time, starting with eight. Yeah, that would be least favorite. Yeah. Okay, Andy. No, I know what Andy says. Steve. <laughs> Steve, your least favorite season. Go. Uh, <laughs> well, I kind of buried the lead there. I think I, after a lot of, del- I had a hard time actually coming up with my f- least two favorite seasons. Um, I had a pretty, I, w- I quickly, you know, rattled off my favorite seasons 
you know, in numerical order. But when I got to the last two that I liked the least, that was the hardest battle in my mind to come to a decision. And I finally came to my least favorite season, season eight. Yeah. I believe um, it. I, st- I, I mean, obviously, if you listen to the show, I still highly enjoyed it and had a had a good time watching it. Um, and I, I don't think it's the poisonous trash that some people will lead you to believe. But it, you know, I think the shorter runtime, only having six episodes to enjoy, definitely uh, added to added to why it went down the list. Also, I did some research on my second least favorite, and I forgot about a key moment that happened in that season. I'm like, oh, okay, that goes above. <laughs> yeah, that's what made it tough because uh, every season had something that I was like, oh shit, that was badass, right. you know. Yeah. Which goes to 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 disprove there's always something to love about Game of Thrones. Yeah, every single season I was doing when I was doing my my list, uh, every single season has one of the best moments of television ever in it, and that's yeah, that speaks to the quality of the show. Whether or not it had diminishing returns, you know, it still had amazing things. Right. Uh, so for me, um, least favorite season, also season eight. Um, I'm not sure if that came as a surprise or not. So now you know what my second to least favorite is. But uh, season eight One. was uh, <laughs> season eight was a super bummer, um, especially I think the uh, the weight um, Linda did not do my ranking of this any favors because I built up so much in my head and I was one of those theory fanboys that had so many ideas for where it could go. And back when they said every episode's going to be a feature length episode, I didn't think that six episodes was going to be a big deal. And then that ended up not being the case. They, they straight up lied about that. Um, and, uh, you know, it had a couple of shining moments that were, again, like they had a few things that were among the best things in television. But overall, it was rushed. It um, it did not. Ha- it had character development that didn't make sense. There were an extraordinary amount of threads that were just completely left dangling, and uh, it was it was a unsatisfying conclusion to a wonderful show. And that speaks to the power of the show that um, even though, you know, at least the two of us, Andy, are put it as our least favorite, you know, it's still Game of Thrones and there's like moments in the the whole entire season that uh, makes it better than really almost anything out there. Like like I've said here before, the moment that Arya kills the Night King is like my favorite moment of all time right. in TV. And it, it happens to be in the season that I've ranked my least favorite, which goes to show that... I still like this season. Clearly, if it has my favorite, you know, scene yeah. TV history. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I think Andy hit on something about all of this. And, and it's good that I think we've done this a week or two after the finale um, to kind of let things settle and let the, you know, the, the, the mania die down a bit and really kind of ponder things. At least that's how I felt when I was getting this list together. Um, and I'm, I apologize. I don't know if you can hear it. It sounds like it's storming outside or beginning to. So it might lend a dramatic error to our show. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> There's some lightning going on over here. It might not even be at my house. I guess it might be Steve's or Andy's. Um, <laughs> so anyway, my my least favorite season after a lot of deliberation, and I, I regret most of my choices throughout this list. It was very difficult, but is not season eight. It is um, season five, which uh, just to refresh your memory, um, does include the awesome moments of the Battle of Hardhome, mm-hmm. um, Stannis's fall, Danny with Tyrion, <clears throat> John being betrayed by the Night's Watch, and Sansa and Reek 
their little relationship. Um, all that was great. But unfortunately, it also had, you know, the Sons of the Harpy shit, Sansa being raped, um, Arya mopping floors and um, the whole Dorn charade. Um, so charade. <laughs> charade. Just, I think it, say what you will about season eight. It was not boring very often. Um, and I think season five was the first. And I think a lot of my perspective as an avid reader of the books from way, way back. And I don't mean that in an elitist way. It's just a fact, a kind of colors, which seasons I liked and didn't like. And this was the first huge departure from the books. I mean, it was just a casual raping of what actually happens in the story to me. Yeah. So just the whole Jamie and Braun venturing out and the politics of Dorne were a mess and um, hated it. And, you know, that was still a the the worst season was was definitely better than a lot of television. So there you go. But my worst season is season five. Uh, Steve, what is your number seven? Second to least favorite. Uh, it, it's season five. Um, OK, there I, you go. For pretty much everything that you 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 know, talked about it's the first time Game of Thrones made me feel bored. The, the sand snakes are terrible. Um, getting that bad pussy. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, the reason, the reason that actually brought it above season eight for me was almost single-handedly the story of Stannis. I really liked how I always liked the Stannis Baratheon character. I thought he was really interesting and, um, the way they kind of ended that storyline was so just kind of like, it was like a balloon that got deflated, but in a most tragic way. And I remember at the time thinking like, man, that, that is a different type of gut punch that they're pulling on there with that storyline. So, but, uh, so that sweet season seven above season eight for me. All right. Right Andrew. Um, so my, my number seven is season seven. Um, I thought that what it was the, And I have on my notes here, like I have seven plus eight, like they're both there. I wanted to say that they're a tie, but I ultimately said eight was worse than seven. But they're they're both my least favorite. Um, Season seven just had uh, just nonsense plot of how can we convince Cersei to join our side? Let's send all of the named characters up north and have them kidnap a skeleton and let's have Gendry run through all of Canada to back to Maine to send a raven to Florida and you know like just fucking crazy shit um <laughs> the weirdest and, part about that it was that Florida was in Westeros I had no it was right? a weird scene <laughs> running through all those golf courses <laughs> it explains a lot that happens in King's Landing now though. that you know that right um, <laughs> but no I get what you mean that's what I thought would be your least favorite actually mm-hmm. and uh, then the way the that whole, you were uh, um, holding the curtain over the eyes of the audience with the uh, Sansa and Arya plot um, that was an extraordinary mistake and I think that they had so much opportunity there to um develop the bond between the two sisters that hadn't seen each other since season one um and rather than letting us see that letting the letting us see how two siblings that love each other that haven't seen each other in a long time let them have some conflict and let them um resolve it and then let them let us see how that relationship builds we didn't get that we got a pool attempt to pull the rug out from under you at the end of it with uh oh by the way we were working together all along and um, you know, there, it was just, it was misstep after misstep in that, in that season. And, uh, 
you know, the uh, one of the only redeeming qualities was the uh, zombie polar bear. Uh, that was pretty dope. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that was awful, and uh, it, was, it should it should have been a spider. Um, old man talked about spiders. We never got them. That was a lie. The show lies to us, and I'm angry. Old Nan lies. You heard it here, guys. <laughs> old Nan is a fucking liar. No, mm-hmm. but the, the season also had some really cool moments. And you know, while I'm while I'm shitting all over it, the reality is that, like we said before, that you know, it's the the worst Game of Thrones is still the best of a lot of other things. So yeah, and know. I don't think we need to even say that. I mean, everybody, we wouldn't be doing that, putting this much For effort into talking two, about it. It felt necessary because <laughs> I needed to shit on them, but. Well, my number seven is also season seven for a lot of the reasons Andrew specified. It's when they started their mad sprint toward the finish line that caused so many uh, inevitable stumbles. I for for the record, I thought the polar bear was awesome and actually served a purpose because without the polar bear, we would have no reference for an animalistic white that later the dragon manifested yeah. in the dragon. Um, there was a lot of good shit in season seven. The loot train sequence. We finally got to see the uh, awesome power of the dragons. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got a lot of awesome character reunions that we've been waiting on a long time. John's parentage was confirmed. You know, R plus L equals J from 10 years ago on Reddit, you know, finally paid off. And so some good stuff. But uh, I agree with everything else that was said. That was my second to least favorite. Uh, number six, your third least favorite. Steve. My third least favorite is when we've already talked about at great length, and that is season seven. Yeah. Um, I think I, it is a breakneck pace, um, but overall I enjoyed the spectacle of it. I really liked some of the character moments they did, and I felt like it did a really good job of kind of getting us amped up and hyped for the last season, the, the end game of the season. And it is a little contrived, and it is... They do kind of just barrel through things with, you know, jetpacking and whatnot, but that sort of stuff doesn't really bother me all that much. But so season season seven, number six for me. Right on. Uh, so for me, uh, sixth favorite or third least favorite, um, season five, which we've already talked about a bunch. I'll say that the reason that is above the other two, um, Dorn stuff sucked, obviously, a bunch of stuff. There are a bunch of problems with that season two. Uh, John's entire arc in that season was great. Um and uh, up up to an ending with his betrayal, um, I thought that it was uh, that that his arc made that season worth watching. It redeemed it. Yeah, that, that's when we we got to see um, we got to see John become the Lord Commander in that season, right? And and ultimately be betrayed, and we got hard home in that season, and you know it, it was pretty good. Yeah, for the watch. Uh, <laughs> my, my, my number six is uh, season eight. Um, I just couldn't put it as far. And I, that's the one that I kind of regret. But at the same time, there was just too many. Some of the moments in season eight were just so far up on my favorite of all time that I couldn't justify putting it as my least favorite. As mm. disappointed as I was with the ultimate rushed announcement as, of Bran as King and a, a few of the other major decisions. Um I just couldn't do it. I just couldn't do it. Yeah, after uh, talking, but, so, I kind of want to switch seven and eight, but that's all right. <laughs> I, I already said it. It's in. It's it's on ink. It's in stone. Right. Audio <laughs> stone, Andy. Um, but no funny though, five, seven, and eight 
in different orders are all of our we agree that those three are the worst seasons, right? Yes. So that's one thing I noticed. Five, seven, and eight. It might get a lot more interesting from here on out as far as our, our lists are concerned. Um, funny enough, I was reading a bunch of other people's lists on the internet in Collider.com. Don't go there. I'm not plugging them. I'm just letting you know where I got it. Uh, <laughs> there's an author. I thought it was funny. Uh, an author put <laughs> season seven as uh, her, her second favorite, which I thought was crazy. Interesting. Wow. But her reasoning was a lot of things that I hated. So I was like, yeah, you're done. I'm done reading this. Um, <laughs> so anyways, like, I'm, I'm curious now, like what? I'm like interested. Uh, let me read. I have it pulled up somewhere. I've got 80 pages on my thing. Um, like, I really enjoyed the part where the polar bear killed everybody. No, they <laughs> said season seven is uh, perhaps a controversial choice. Um, no, it's her third. I'm sorry. Uh, the loot train sequence agree. Dragons agree. Ice dragon disagree. White and King's Landing super disagree. Um, yeah, that's about it. Huh. Um, Interesting. But anyway, Steve, your number five, where our list probably gets more interesting. What is your number five out of the eight seasons? Number five. And so uh, five through one disclaimer. All of these are like God tier. So you're right. <laughs> it was, I like I naturally was able to place them, but at the same time, it's like these are all so fucking good. Like it's like choo- choosing between your children, but at the same time, I know which child I, I prefer. But <laughs> right, 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 right. Everybody has a favorite. Uh, exactly. Um, so number five for me is season three. Um, I really love season three. There's so much awesome shit happening in season three. You got a lot of the the Hound and Arya going on, which is one of my favorite. You know, side plots in the whole entire show. Uh, you got Tyrion looking over his shoulder constantly because he he doesn't know where people are going to try to kill him from. You know, it's it's uh, it's just so good. I can't say enough things about any of the, oh, every season we talk about from here on out. <laughs> right, Andy, you're number five. Um, my number five is season two. Um, not to say that there's like like Steve said from five to one we're on god tier level um season uh, uh the the only reason that season two is my fifth favorite is because I like the other ones more not that I like this one less if that makes any sense it doesn't <laughs> now that I said it out loud but um you know I I feel like uh a lot of uh Game of Thrones was ultimate ultimately about um the character development uh not just development but interactions but interesting interactions between characters and maybe it also had something to do with um you know I read the book and it was pretty true to the book and you know um uh Clash of Kings kind of was a middling book to me compared to a Game of Thrones and um a Storm Swords um you know, Blackwater was sweet. Um, Joffrey was a dick. And, you know, the the repercussions of uh, of Ned's beheading were felt. I, I think m- maybe the biggest detractor for me for season two was Danny's arc. Because it was mostly meander in a desert kind of thing. And eventually find your way to a city of a bunch of rich people that she she's just on unsettled ground the entire time and maybe that's it i don't know um but yeah season two where are you i love how it's hilarious to me that there's a imaginary guilt about ranking the show with itself right 
Do you know what I mean? Like, there's. I know. I felt bad about it immediately because I was like, Tyrion yeah, is there's... showcased in this season. Like, this is where he comes into his own, and I'm like, eh. You know, it's what like I mean? your wife asking you, "What's your favorite thing about me?" And like, you know, how kind you are. Not that I don't love your breasts. I mean, like that's. <laughs> right. I just. I thought about it. They just. That's number two. You know what I mean? Like it's just ridiculous. <laughs> like it's not an insult. My number five is season one, um, and I think it's just because uh, I had already read the books about seven times, and it. You know, this world wasn't new to me, and while I was amazed that it was being um, created with such fidelity and being done so well, you know, it just doesn't stand out. It's middling of the road as far as all the amazingness of Game of the Thrones for me. So, Steve, I don't have much to say about it. Your number four. (gasps) Number four is season two. Um, Season two is awesome for one reason. And I will tell it to you guys right now. That reason is the Dinkles. The Dinkles. The Dinkler. (laughs) Petey Dink. This is his season where he gets to kind of just swing that big dick around and give people what for. Yeah, his his season is Hand of the King and King's Landing is so funny to watch. Um, It's like the height of Tyrion in a weird way. Uh, I remember this is around the time that people took that like Obama Hope poster and put Tyrion on it and it just said pimp. (laughs) <laughs> and I remember really wanting a t-shirt of that. But uh, yeah, season two's great. That is my my number four. Andrew. Um, my number four is season four. Um, it, again, great season. Um, it, uh, uh, everything with uh, with uh, the Viper, Oberyn Martell, was, was gold. Um, I loved uh, just... I, I don't know. I love that season. Um, I, I was at, this is that's the one I'm actually rewatching currently, and uh, it's just uh, just everything about it. Like we, we get some more prime Tywin, and you know I feel like Charles Dance is one of the most underrated actors on the show, which is crazy because he's such a you know powerhouse of an actor. Um, yeah, I, I I can't I can't say many more good things about number four. Absolutely. Uh, I have to agree with Steve. My number four is season two, um, the Petey Dink. Uh, <laughs> we get uh, Tyrion as you know the brilliant political mastermind that we never, unfortunately, get to see again. Even though he fills <laughs> that role many more times, uh, which made the later seasons so much more frustrating. Um, the Battle of the Blackwater, um, and also Arya and Tywin. So we get to see Maisie Williams and Charles Dance. Phenomenal interaction. I think that kind of goes under the radar as one of the best yeah. dynamics in the show's history. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's why it's my number four. Do you, all right, uh, now, do you think, have you heard the theories that uh, Tywin knew that that was Arya all along? Do you think he actually knew it was Arya? I do not. Um, he's way too cold and savvy to not use that to his advantage as a bargaining chip, especially mm-hmm. I think was not Jamie missing and captive at that time. Yeah, they were still yeah, trying I mean, to get I think, Jamie. So. I think there is no fucking way in hell that he would let her go. Mm. But that's just me. He yeah, obviously um, knew she was highborn. She was a highborn girl, but yeah, he had that my lord. You, you don't say yeah. my lord, you say my lord. 
I, I, yeah. I love that yeah. moment so much. And he much. knew that she was northern for sure when he, you know, tried to get her to name the sigils and stuff of mm-hmm. the Riverlands or whatever. Um, so he's very smart, but yeah, he didn't know quite who she was. Um, yeah, so now we're in the top three range. Oh, shit. Burr, burr, burr. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Steve, what is your number three favorite Game of Thrones season? Of all time. My number three, coming in at number three, it's season four. <laughs> nice. <laughs> now, season four is my third favorite season. Um, this is mostly due to, uh, again, the Dinkles. Uh, this is where we, we get his trial, um, where he has yep, that yep, epic yep. scene where he's like, I wish I was the monster you think I am. <laughs> uh, and then we got the Viper who, who was like, who came in, uh, Pedro Pascal came in as such a tour de force in that season. He just like came in out of new, nowhere. I didn't know who the Viper was. So when he showed up, I'm like, oh, fuck, this guy's so goddamn cool. Right? And then so they like, cool. they just murder him within like eight episodes. And I was devastated. I had to go think about my life when he died. <laughs> uh, Tyrion's like, I drink and I know things. And the Viper's like, I kill and I fuck things. And we were like, oh, that's cooler. <laughs> he's like slapping, like, why would I deny myself all this ass? And he's like, right. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's sometimes it's, a dude ass is very nice. And we're like, that's fair. Uh, you, you got it. You, you, I mean, you're the man, Oberyn Martell. You're the man. And it, it got me so excited to see the rest of Dorne just because of his performance alone, which yeah. sadly, he was like, the, I guess, the one cool dude in Dorne. The only one, yeah. I have to just jump in because it's anticlimactic. My my number three is also season four for all of those reasons. It's the, the Arya and the Hound. It's like some of the best shit on TV ever. Um, the Viper. You get uh, the death of the fuck fuck boy deluxe joffrey um <laughs> so that was his official title right fuck boy um, first of his name <laughs> uh brienne and pod <laughs> brienne and pod so much good shit nothing really negative um brand's shit was kind of boring this Other is than also that, when we got that really good we really got an idea that jamie lannister is a good guy because that's when they have that bath scene with uh, yes, him and Yeah, such Brienne. a good scene. Mm-hmm. And, and that, you find that, out why he's the Kingslayer. That barely missed my favorite moments. Um, a lot of my a favorite moments are very spectacle driven, which is the opposite of how I feel. But um, yeah, yeah that's one of my top. T- if we had a 10, like somebody sane, a top 10, <laughs> that would the bath scene would have definitely been on it. Uh, Andy, what is your number three? Uh, my number three is season six, um, which uh, might be controversial that it made it so high on my list, but it was a it, it was la- the last of the great. I feel like as far as Game of Thrones is concerned, and then it then it just became really good TV after that. Mm-hmm. Um, but season six, you get like really really great um, Cersei stuff, and I. Again, I, she's another actress s- surrounded by incredible actors and actresses that occasionally does not get a, an, enough credit where credit's due. Um, that's also where you get um, you get uh, two two of my top three favorite moments, which I'll hold off on those for later. But um, you you get the stuff, the really interesting stuff that's going on um, beyond the wall. You get great huge action set pieces season six rules um there's I know, there's some stuff I know what your favorite moments are low Andy. but 
Oh, do you? Okay. The, the star that I put by is definitely probably your number one. Okay. Um, and it didn't make my top three, but I knew you were going to touch on it for me. Uh, Steve, your number two. My number two is also season six. Uh, season six is great. Um, in a weird way, season six is almost a mirror of like a, a complete opposite of season eight. And that I feel like season eight starts really strong, but doesn't stick the landing. Season six, I don't feel like started that strong, mm-hmm. but it stuck that fucking landing hard. Oh, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Hard so as I remember, fuck. I remember the like maybe episodes two or three of season six. I was kind of like, eh, I'm not really feeling this. But then it just, man, it, it crescendos in such an amazing way. And that's, and that, I guess, you know, shows just goes to show how important sticking a landing is. Uh, but season six is my number two. Hell yeah. Andy, what is your number two? Um, my number two is season three for all okay. the reason that you reasons that you guys already named, uh, season three rules. Wait, did, did you guys name season three yet? No, Steve, I think Steve you, put you it as his it. number five. Pretty, pretty far back. Yeah. Um, season three has boatloads of cool stuff. Um, it has obviously all of the stuff with Rob having really truly taken to becoming the king of the north. It has uh, really interesting stuff with uh, John beyond the wall. It has uh, um, cool stuff with uh, Bran. It has I don't know season season three has it all. That's another one. So like I had with seven and eight at the end, I also had three and the one yet not yet to be named i mean if, if you've been paying attention you know what it is but um <laughs> the one not yet to be named as my top two so it's like i have a tied for first and a tied for last here but yeah season, season three fucking rules uh my number two uh, apparently not controversial at all andy is season six um what y- Fucking! (laughs) You get John coming back to life, which was the fuck out of here. One of the happy moments. I mean, that's where Dance of Dragons left us hanging. I'd been waiting five years at that point to know if John was still alive, and Andy and I had all kinds of crazy theories about, um, you know, what might happen. Maybe that's why the wolf's name is Ghost because John works into him. That was Andy's big thing, uh, which was a good idea. Um, I wish that had happened. That would have been cool. You get Theon's full turn, starts to support Yara. Two major things that I won't spoil for Andy later. I want to blow his load for him. Um, And we get an introspective Sandor Clegane hanging out with Ian fucking McShane. Um, We get the battle of the, (laughs) we get the battle of the bastards. Um, It was just a really good season of television. Um, The last of the almost perfect seasons, as Andy put it. That's my number two. Uh, Steve, first of all, I want to point out our four, three, and two are identical, um, <laughs> which I thought was neat. Um, anyway, uh, number it sound, one. F- it sounds ahead. like we all have the same number one. No, you lost count. Oh, did I? Yeah, which is really easy to do. I'm really confused myself. Yeah. <laughs> my number three is number six. I've been like, changing what? my list as I go, so I might repeat. Um, Steve, what is your favorite season of Game of Thrones ever? Go season one. Uh, it season one really set a tone. It was, you know, it's hard to look back on it now, but when f- the first season of Game of Thrones came out, it was so different. It was such a game changer. It, like nothing was like that 
ever in the history of television. And when you have fucking Sean Bean in there and uh, gosh, all, all the other cast members that would eventually grow into these roles, it's it's it set the mood for the political intrigue. It also got you hopeful for any battles to come. And it just did a great job of really building the world that we, we would come to know and love in a more intimate manner uh, further along down in the seasons. And the way that it ends with, you know, the beheading of Ned, as someone who didn't read the books and didn't know what was coming, that was that really set a cadence for what the show could be and that it could subvert your sub, uh, your expectations in any way at any moment. And um, that's that's why uh, season one is probably my favorite season out of all of the seasons. All right. Andy, I think your number one is number one, right? That is correct. Um, for different reasons, uh, because I it lived up to my expectations rather than coming out of left field and being surprising and being amazing and subverting my expectations. It was exactly what I wanted it to be because I was such a big fan of the books. Um, I thought that it was adapted perfectly um, with small quibbles. It's like, Oh, I didn't think that so-and-so was that old or, you know, Robert's fatter than I thought he was going to be or which he wasn't, but that's just the, the, uh, just idea that came to mind. Right. Right. Um, it, it just was a fantastic adaptation of what was at that time and probably still is now my favorite series of all time. Nope. I take that back. Harry Potter's my favorite, but second favorite <laughs> series. Um, yeah, it, it, it just, everything about it I loved and it was done, not just done well, but it was done like poignantly, like, um, this was one of my honorable mentions for moments, but like Ned being brought to the, uh, this, the steps of Baylor, uh, like the, the, his, his looking to the crowd and the way the crowd's reacting to him. And if, and it's just poignant. And if you go back, like season one has some terrible effects where it's like, clearly here's a field that they shot on and everything beyond this hill is like just a, a plate that they layered into it. And, um, it, it doesn't matter because it's just fantastic. And if you go back and watch like Amelia Clark, that's some of her best acting on season one, which is weird to say because she has so few lines, but it's just when she speaks, it's so much more impactful and, yeah yeah it was great awesome um it's funny i put my that was my number five yeah. <laughs> uh for both of your number ones um steve's number five is my number one uh, my favorite season of game of thrones of all time as best i can arbitrarily tell <laughs> is season three um i just couldn't it's got one of my favorite moments of all time um which i think is going to be unique I, i'm not sure um, the Red Wedding, uh, Brienne and Jamie, John and Ygritte and, you know, John, it, it's probably his best arc is when he's, you know, pretending to be a wildling and you know, on the mission of Corrin Halfhand, but also falling in love with being a wildling and the climbing of the wall. Um, obviously, and the way that they did the Red Wedding is iconic uh, in, in TV history. Um, the whole I think it's peak Game of Thrones. Everything that happens in season three is is Game of Thrones at its peak. You know, one and two just geared up to what ultimately became everyone's idea of what Game of Thrones is, was born in season three. Um, and that's just 
that's all I have to say about it. My favorite season of all time. Um, so just to recap, because I know that was confusing. My ranking, five, seven, eight, one, two, four, six, three. Let's go through the best episodes arbitrarily of the show. Steve, what is your number three favorite favorite episode of all time? Blackwater. 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 All right. Yeah, so season decent. two, episode nine. Yeah, mm-hmm. Blackwater's fun. It, it, it's the first episode in the entire series that focused on one location. Um, and it really, everyone that was in King's Landing had a really, really nice way to shine. I mean, there was obviously some really cool battle sequences. This is probably, I think, the first real battle sequence Game of Thrones has is in this episode. Um, and, but beyond yeah, that, you prior get, to that, they skipped an entire battle from the book for <laughs> yeah, they would, like, financial reasons. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, oh Tyrion got knocked out. There's ghosts attacking a guy cut away. Oh, <laughs> Tyrion got hit by a hammer. He passed out. <laughs> But this is the first time we actually get to about see Game of Thrones, it. Though. What was that, Andy? I was saying that tells you a lot about Game of Thrones. Some of the best seasons or best moments were when they, rather than show you the great battle, show you what someone else is doing during it or whatever. But like you said, this is the first one where it's like, oh shit, this is shit's going down. Andy, what was your number three? Uh, my number three was uh, season six, episode 10, The Winds of Winter. There it is. Um, don't say why, though. I mean, <laughs> I'm just kidding. It, it, it's fantastic. Uh, the music is honestly a big part of it. Like it was extraordinarily impactful. It was a, an episode where weirdly how this affects the way that I uh, look back at the episode. Uh, the opening, the um, previously on Game of Thrones had this like dissonant piano note that happens at the end of it. And it, that was that meant that meant something to me. It was like a, a signifier of something strange and wonderful to come. And, uh, and it did. And like, just that, that entire episode was just shit going crazy. Yeah. I could be wrong, but I feel like that episode, um, the winds of winter with season six, episode 10, right? Yeah. I, I feel like that was a major, a compositional and, and editing departure for game of thrones i could be i don't know how steve feels about that but it just yeah. it felt categorically different it than the rest of the show like a music video that like, whole light of the seven mm-hmm. sequence just seemed just vastly different than anything they had done up to that point and it was it stood out for sure um yeah, yeah. Um, yours? my number three is season three episode nine the reigns of castamere um of course the red wedding um mm-hmm. i just couldn't not put that on there um, and I think we're going to converge a little bit on our next one, Andy, but it might be your number one. If that's, if the winds of winners are number three, Steve, what's your number two? Uh, my number two <laughs> is, uh, the battle of the bastards. Um, I feel weird for p- calling out all these battle ones as my favorite episodes, but really, uh, it's how I, of the bastards, too. I, I love because that, that has such scale to it. It has. It, and it's the first thing I've seen that's done like medieval warfare in a way that made it claustrophobic. And you really get a sense of just how close everyone is together. How like they have that mountain of bodies that they're being pushed back against from the Bolton. Um, I don't know what you call that type of military, the shield and spears guys. Um, uh, phalanx. 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 Yeah. Ph- phalanx, yeah. Um, 
you, you just get this really good sense of claustrophobia and you know you get to see the end of Ramsey Bolton which I you know he that's such a great villain he, he filled a void that Joffrey left behind in such a great way and seeing Jon Snow get to punch him to death and then Sansa get to feed him to his own dogs was just one of those rare moments of poetic justice in the Game of Thrones <laughs> world so yeah well yeah Maybe. that's a badass episode and that was one of my honorable mentions i wasn't i wasn't sure if we were going to do those or not um so my number two is uh chris's number three which is season three episode nine the reigns of castamere um not just because of the red wedding in that episode we also get uh john um betraying the wildlings he's been with them now for this entire season uh, he killed fucking Corrin Halfhand. He fell in love with Egret, um, but he could not be untrue to who he was, and he couldn't kill that old man. And the the uh, the wildlings recognized him for who he was, which was still an honorable person. Um, we got that. We got Bran coming into his power. That's the first time that Bran consciously wargs into anything. He wargs into Hodor to stop him from shouting during the thunderstorm. And then he wargs into Summer to help John get away. Um, and that's fantastic. And then we got, of course, the Red Wedding, which was that was like such a big thing for book readers. Like, oh, my God, is the show going to get this right? Um, not only did they get it right, but they added to it, you know, with like Taliza, who um, was not Taliza in the books and being pregnant and all of that. Like they made additions to it that made it even more emotionally impactful and like little things like. Uh, Walder Frey's smirk at Rob when Rosalind's veil is lifted and turns out she's fucking gorgeous. And, uh, he, he, you know, he kind of gives him a see what you missed out on because you, uh, you <laughs> right. were, you're a vow breaker. You know what I mean? Little things like that. Like they, that was, I think, where Benioff and Weiss were, um, were at their best when they were, uh, when they were, doing small embellishments on the groundwork that uh martin had already established and uh yeah that 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 episode was close to number one for me but ultimately not quite um my number two is season six episode nine the door um it just changed the whole zeitgeist i mean other than john so season six is where they made a bunch of a good reveals of what hadn't been revealed yet in the books right uh so john coming back but also the true birth of hodor which i had never even thought to to wonder about you know that what was, i mean that I was episode thought, five uh the door is it yes oh well i maybe you a piece lot of, of shit chris yeah i'm just gonna <laughs> kill myself Anyway, that one, we all know, hold the door. Season um, six, nine was Battle of the Bastards. Right, 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 right. Yeah, I just was putting a bunch of nines down on my uh, yeah, honorable right. mentions and just. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> any giant event in Game of Thrones is oh, yeah, generally going to be nine. nine. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the Hodor thing just uh, shocked me, um, I guess, and, and really fucked me up in a way that, you know, because I knew about the Viper, I knew about the Red Wedding, I knew about Ned, I didn't get to enjoy 
with the rest of the world, the shock of those things, you know, mm -hmm. um, when I was shocked by those things, I was sitting by myself at 13 years old, curled up in my bed, like, no, <laughs> without any understanding of the true breadth and pain of its uh, repercussions. But with Hodor, I was like, oh my God, you know? Mm -hmm. And I also think, this is weird. It just came to me while I was thinking about it earlier, but the Hodor, I think was also the worst thing to ever happen to the Game of Thrones fandom. Um, because you got Bran traveling back in time to affect the present and how, you know what I mean? It just had this time cyclical, awesome thing. And the internet lost its mind with fantasies and machinations of how else that might come into play and the true breadth of Bran's powers. And do you know what I mean? They just mm -hmm. really lost their shit with an inability to cope <laughs> and it just never came back. Nothing yeah, like that, that ever came back and it just shattered the internet with oh, fuck this. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. I can't believe Brand's dick wasn't actually ice and you know what I mean or yeah. whatever like just like what well, doesn't make any sense what are you talking about and, I love that um, theory <laughs> Brand's ice dick <laughs> hashtag justice um, for Brand's ice dick uh, yeah so that's anyway episode hashtag 5 of season ice 6 out for Brand <laughs> the door. that's the story Martin would have told <laughs> I think you guys are gonna fucking Ned Stark me for my number one favorite episode of all time. But uh, Steve, what is your favorite? Uh, my favorite is, I believe, Andy's number three, and that is Light of the Seven. Okay. I love... Oh, wins a winner. It, it's it's a winner. Um, you guys mentioned before <laughs> the editing in the beginning with the, with the music. <laughs> the episode's said, called Wins a Winner. And he you said, said it's, it's a winner. <laughs> oh, it's oh, a I, winner? I said the name, the name of the song. That's why I said Okay. <laughs> womp womp. Wins a winner. It's a winner. It's a winner. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a Christmas special, Game of Thrones. <laughs> My favorite GRT episode is the Christmas special, It's a Winter. My favorite tunes. <laughs> oh, um, yeah, I love that episode so much. I forgot the title of it. Um, but Tyrion like drinking eggnog. All right, I'm done. Go on. Go <laughs> they, on. they chop down a Christmas tree, but it's like <laughs> super bloody and sad. Um, no, like the, like you said, I mentioned the beginning of it Chewbacca's is the family's way they there. It. Sorry. Chewbacca. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the Star Wars Christmas special, <laughs> and then there's a hologram performance of Jefferson Starship. <laughs> They decorate the heart tree. <laughs> oh, shit. Life day, everybody. Oh, my God. But Sorry, yeah, Steve, that's my number one. I'm moving on. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Steve. Andy, what's your number one? Um, so my number one. Nobody was, cares. My number one. No, <laughs> my number one was your number two, which was The Door, uh, season six, episode five. Episode five, five. Andy. Um, uh, for all the reasons that you said almost exactly verbatim, like it, it was a moment of it, it was a revelation watching the show that I had experienced reading the books that I had not had prior to that um, or prior to that. in in my experience watching the show, uh, just because like that was that threw such a wrench in everything that I thought Game of Thrones was and was going to be. Um, and I'm also one of still one of those people that are like, that's not the story Martin's going to tell. You can't just have Bran accidentally warged in the past once. And that's the only thing that's the only 
impact that his time travel ability has. I still think he's going to tell a different story than what we ultimately got in the show. Um, but he's going to walk back in time and turn his dick to ice. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> I still think that, his father um, wielded his dick. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. I still, think there's a there. possib- <laughs> I still think there's a possibility for like, he's the reason the Mad King goes mad or, you know, there, there's a lot of things that would have um, been good. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that, that episode, like, like Chris said, was, was a, uh, the collision of the smugness of the book readers and the awe of the show watchers and the awe of the book readers watching the show that up to this point has been phenomenal and um and now the book reader and now the show watchers that are not only catching up to the book readers but moving past them and yeah that that episode is uh is phenomenal so at me on twitter at c michael rudd i dare you my number one favorite episode with a healthy dose of recency bias is season eight, episode three, The Long Night. Ooh. What? <laughs> oh, my God. Are you Chris, kidding me? I'm hard no. now. No. Uh, <laughs> it contains my favorite episode, our favorite moment of Game of Thrones ever. Um, it contains um, perhaps Steve and I's favorite episode moment of, of TV ever. Um, I cannot remember. I don't know. That's uh, before I say a bunch of hyperbolic bullshit. I mean, just, I just love the episode technically as dark as you, you know, you might've thought it was in, in complaint. Um, it's, it's fucking amazing what they managed to do. Um, it, you know, their battle choreography was while horrible from a tactical standpoint, it was, amazing from a technical standpoint. Um, and I think that's where I, I couldn't have expected anything more. Um, the little Aria horror film, um, where she's hiding from the zombies. It, it just, it's that surprised me that they, they went there. So um, that was, a, it was like, kind of like the, the winds of winter. It was something that the show had never done. It felt like a different show with the same characters. And I really enjoyed that. I was just, insanely laden with tension. Um, and I think for the most part, season eight was a letdown and it was a victim of its own hype in a lot of ways. Um, but not that episode for me, I think it was everything that I had waited for in the year and a half, um, preceding it. So that fucking delivered. Um, and I give them props for that. And it's what stands out among everything else in my memory when I think about the show, um, when Arya stabbed the night King, um, I lost my shit and I smiled and I screamed. And, uh, even though the internet seemed to hate it, uh, that meant the world to me. I thought it was awesome. And I was truly shocked even as an avid book reader and, uh, much like the, the Hodor moment that was rare for me. So I really enjoyed that. Um, so yeah, that's my number one episode of all time. Can I change uh, my answers? <laughs> I can't. I kind of um, want to change mine too. <laughs> but I had some. The Winds of Winter was a uh, strong contender, season six, episode ten, and the it's Mountain and the Viper um, was a strong runner-up for me, uh, season four, episode eight. Also, um, season one, episode one. Honestly, 
I had that written there. No. And I it out. Yeah. I wasn't absolutely. even sure I liked the show on season episode, season one, episode one. Now that to me was like, oh my God, they did it. That was, they uh, did it. No, which no, let me, funny let me, though, they reshot it. Do you know what I mean? Can you imagine the pressure? Right. Uh, oh, like God, if Sonic yeah. the Hedgehog becomes one of the greatest movies of all time, <laughs> it will still be under reshooting the Game of Thrones pilot, right? No shit. Uh, but let, let me lay the groundwork for that, dude. Like I have a, chainmail shirt in my closet that took me about 200 hours to make and i spent the entirety of that 200 hours watching re-watching watching again and putting lord these of the rings. rings together lord of the rings and then my favorite fucking book series ever at that time uh gets adapted to a tv show and there's fucking sean bean there and there's fucking titties going on and you know i'm a kid still this is like 10 years ago well i'm not sure but i'm titties i'm like 20 you know what I mean? face. <laughs> like it was it was everything that i wanted it to be and it, it just lived up to the to my expectations and so two yeah. things i need in my tv <laughs> Number one, Sean Bean. <laughs> number two, it's a close second, titties. Now, when you guys say it back to me, it sounds awful. But in my, in Andy, my, my number head. one favorite moment of Game of Thrones, titties. <laughs> <laughs> Andy, which titties? All of them. All of them. Every single goddamn nipple is my number one. No titty too small. <laughs> <laughs> all right that brings us to our next segment our top three we got to speed things up for multiple reasons number one of which is that my air conditioning's turned off in this room so for sound reasons and i'm miserable uh so our top three favorite moments of all time which might collide with our favorite episodes a bit uh andy what is your, uh, you got to rework yours to take titties off, but uh, <laughs> what is your number three favorite uh, moment of all time? Uh, number three, the night man cometh. Sorry, the night king cometh. There's a little, uh, little uh, always Philadelphia joke for y'all. Um, the moment where the night king raises his arms after the battle of Hardhome and mm. the army of the dead rises and the silence and the boat. Uh, John's little boat drifting away from the shore and he sees what he's really truly up against which is impossible odds that that moment echoes through the annals of TV history um that that was uh I saw memes right after that episode came out and somebody and somebody posted one that said get a towel winter just came and <laughs> it was and it was fucking brilliant dude it, it was such a good moment and the silence and they roll the credits and the silence continues just the the bit of oh, the bit of sound of the uh the water the choppy uh, waves as uh as he's receding away from the shores looking at his foe that was so good Steve. Number three favorite moment is the mountain versus the viper. This Sunday, buy your tickets. Here only at King's Landing is the mountain versus the viper. Who will win? It's the mountain. He wins. Uh, <laughs> sort of. No, no, I just love that. I love that uh, that moment. Like I've, I think we've gone over it a ton of times. Didn't expect Oberon to die, especially not the way he did. It was gruesome. Crunch. It's awful. It's still to this day the one death scene in Game of Thrones that still makes me cringe. Uh, and that and then, blood-curdling scream of his paramour. Mm-hmm. Well, his Unrivaled. blood-curdling scream and then her scream immediately after is just 
such a just a kick in the dick. I swear. <laughs> yeah. It's a great moment of TV. So that's my number three. Chris, what's yours? Um, my number three is when Danny frees the unsullied. Um, for whatever reason, I have watched not just this episode, but this moment, like I YouTube it shockingly often. It just brings me such joy. Um, I think I've mentioned it before. It's season three, episode four. Uh, and now his watch has ended. Um, I think I might've got all this shit wrong, Mm. Uh, (laughs) but it's when Danny frees the unsullied. So she takes the whip from the slave master, um, surprises the shit out of Jorah and Missandei by speaking fluent high Valyrian. Um, he's trying to pull Drogon down with his little leash. Like, God damn it. You're mine now. And (laughs) (laughs) get your fucking ass down here. I'm your daddy now. And he's like, no, you're not. (laughs) I don't know you. That's my purse. I don't know you, Jacaris. Um, that's how I envision it, at least. Uh, for some reason, it's 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 a thing in a lot of my favorite movies and TV shows where I've, I've talked to at least to you guys privately, maybe on the show about it, where the protagonist speaks a language that the asshole doesn't think they speak, and then they shock them by speaking it later. You know, uh, John Wick does it with Russian, with Alfie Allen's character and John Wick. Um, I, I just, I, it pleases me to no end for my favorite person to go. I heard everything you just said. Uh, like the guy <laughs> from Harold and Kumar go to White Castle. Uh, <laughs> uh, so yeah, she speaks High Valyrian, gets him to kill all the slave masters. Drogon burns the motherfucker at the top. I always get chills. It's when Daenerys fully becomes into her own from the timid little girl that we're introduced to, uh, to, you know, the, the righteous queen that we all love. Um, yeah. So that's my number three, Steve, your number two. Did we do Andy's? Yeah. Mine was the night man cometh. Oh, I'm sorry, Andy. I forgot oh. to switch to you starting the boat. Oh wait, did you do it? Yeah. Mine was the night man, night King. So how am I on number three? And you already did number two. That was my number three. Uh, so, so we're on number two. Yeah. So now, Andy, what is your number two? Uh, my number two is the uh, the battle at the or the fight, I should say, at the Tower of Joy. Um, that was where we get to see a young Ned Stark and oh, so good. a young um, Howland Reed. Uh, oh, and what a good idea, Andy! Several un- unnamed people fighting Arthur Arthur Dane and the Gerald Sword Hightower. Sword of the Morning. Yeah, because that was a a, uh, a book reader's fucking nerdgasm. That was uh, it's a high tower too, right? Uh, Gerald Hightower. Yeah, yeah. What, he he was the uh, Lord Commander of the uh, Kingsguard at the time. Um, but Sir Arthur Dane in the books is mentioned sporadically as being the greatest swordsman of all time. Um, his sister is mentioned as being potentially Jon Snow's mother, Mm -hmm. um, rumored throughout the Asha Dane series. Ashara Dane. Ashara. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And we get, we get to see a young Ned and they, it was perfectly cast. The guy that they got for a, a itty bitty Sean Bean um and this, <laughs> yeah, this sword fight was fucking dope um fucking Arthur Dane we didn't I don't know I'm not sure which sword was the sword of the morning or dawn but uh um we didn't we got instead fucking dual wielding Arthur Dane which was cool we're missing one of the uh 
Kingsguard that was in the book, but that they they condensed it and it made sense. But the battle was just fucking epic, and like just the extreme brutality that's going on because people are dying left and right, and then Brands just standing there with the uh, with the three eyed Raven, um, and they're just talking about the fight as it's happening. They're just spectators like we are, like and you wrestling know, spectators. Yeah, right. And, and you, you suck, boo. And you know the you. Ned is built up to be actually a pretty good fighter and you see that he actually completely gets his ass whooped and he's about to die and it just so happens that uh Helen Reed isn't quite dead and he stabs Arthur Dane in the back you can't kill Reed and then we <laughs> we're nimbly blimbly that <laughs> us reads down in the swamp land we're nimbly blimbly can't put us down ha ha right in the back and then we get the uh the first Here hint of um the impactful brand time travel which is he shouts out father and uh ned turns back and looks having heard something and nobody's there uh, that that moment was fucking beautiful now it didn't play out in the show at least the way that i thought it might have but in that moment that scene fucking beautiful steve your numero dos want to wrestle Come on. Come on, Arthur Dane. <laughs> uh, my number two is the opening sequence of uh, Winds of Winter, the um, kind of almost funeral procession-esque song, Light of the Seven, playing mm-hmm. over everyone getting ready for Cersei and um, Loris's trial, and then you get to see Loris's trial. And just the when 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 uh, Cersei blows up the Sept, um, the music and... Well, you get like... A, th- a third of the speaking characters in Game of Thrones die in one scene, and uh, <laughs> it it was such a beautiful way to end several stories, but also kind of really bring home this dread, like, oh, fuck, Cersei's in power now. She's Queen Bee, and that's when she puts on her Disney mm-hmm. Disney villain outfit, and she looks fucking great. She is um, Beyonce. Mm-hmm. She, <laughs> she is the Beyonce of the Seven Kingdoms. Ooh, evil Beyonce. <laughs> But uh, yeah, that that whole sequence is amazing. They hadn't done anything like that before or since, really, in terms of editing wise. And um, really, that was the first time they did. That was a very unique way of uh, making a soundtrack sound song. Mm-hmm. Um, they kind of recreated it with the Night King in season eight. But there was that was really the first time they really did almost like a purely piano esque um, mm-hmm. song. But yeah, that's my number two, Chris. My number two, and spoiler alert, Winds of Winter is not on my top three moments, but only because I knew you two would take care of that. Um, so it spared me the awful decision making. Uh, my number two is very quirky and it just it's something I love is when Brienne spars with Arya. Um, season seven, episode four, The Spoils of War. <sighs> you guys are so goddamn uh, good at this. I d- I fucking love that moment. It's another thing I've watched on YouTube 30 times. I cried the first time I saw it, like when she flipped her dagger and Sansa. And that's another thing. Like, so a little bit about me and I know we're in a hurry and I'm fucking it up. But so I had a really strange childhood and my favorite childhood things were not children's shows. I was a huge Jean-Claude Van Damme fan. And... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> strangely enough uh like Bloodsport and lionheart uh double team like i just the, fucking watched those a million times and What's there's this like there's this action movie thing where a character reveals their amazing skill as a surprise and someone who knows them really well is looking on 
and they're like, oh my God, they can do that. You know, mm -hmm. uh, that's like something I love in the sense that I wish I could do that. Like just fucking run up a wall and backflip randomly getting ice cream. And Steve's like, what? Did you just lick your cone as you landed and like, and oh my God, that was my cone. You're so good. Like what? that's, I, I want to do that shit. Um, so Aria revealing her skills and Sansa, Sansa looking on in shock um, while Litter, Littlefinger is, is, is smiling like, holy shit, I can use this. This is going to be great. Um, and Brienne being so surprised and like, increasingly trying harder when she realizes she's not going to hurt the little girl. You know, I just, I love that moment. Um, so yeah, that's, that's my number two, believe it or not of all time. Um, yeah. Andy, what is your favorite moment of all time? I think I know what it is, but uh, tell me anyway. I Bad pussy. I, well, I already <laughs> talked about it. It's hold the Titties. door. <laughs> It's, uh, no, it's Sean Bean's his favorite. Titties <laughs> a second. Oh, oh okay, <laughs> right. okay. The opening credits where you see Sean Bean's name. Uh, <laughs> no, it's uh, it's uh, Hodor holding the door. Um, that, that's, that's what my I thought favorite. it was. That's my favorite moment in Game of Thrones. Okay. Um, not just, be pick, not just because pick. of the uh, repercussions of what it means and all of the... Um, uh, retconning or reframing of everything that you've seen up to that point regarding Hodor and Bran's journey and almost all of Winterfell. Um, also, I think, uh, I, and I keep shouting out specific actors and actresses as being underrated. Um, Ellie Kemper. Wait, is that the office girl? What's the girl's name that plays uh, Mira? I don't know Ellie her name. Kendrick. Ellie Kendrick. Um, she fucking kills it and she's she is surrounded by fucking chaos the the army of the dead has invaded the um the caves heart, heart tree or whatever the caves beneath the heart tree and the uh the three-eyed raven has been killed and she's just fucking surrounded and she's crying and the only people that she has around her are a a, a giant simpleton and a comatose wizard you know what i mean and she's the only she she's like the audience in that moment and she's the only one that's like brand i need you to wake up i need you to wake the fuck up we're gonna fucking die but you know i'm presenting it like oh no what up but she's like oh shit we're actually really gonna die here you know she's crying and shit and it's fucking beautiful and uh then we get it just the moments of the extreme chaos summer getting stabbed the, the wolf getting stabbed to shit and the uh the children in the forest getting wrecked and um and as far as we know at least as far as the show is concerned those are the last of the children in the forest um that intercut with um bran simply standing in the uh uh in winterfell seeing a toddler version of ned uh and we see Liana as like a teenage girl. The and true Lil Bean. Yeah, the true Lil Bean. And we see the Lil Benjen too. Like, that's such a good moment. And like, just the extreme chaos intercut with the absolute calm of, hey, we're just hanging out in Winterfell. And then what it culminates to, which is Hodor collapsing and becoming Hodor. It's fucking beautiful. Uh, yeah, it's far and away my favorite moment in Game of Thrones. My favorite moment is when 
Hodor stands up from the hot springs and we see his enormous Hodor <laughs> cock. Whoa! <laughs> yes! Am I right? He He's can hold the door with that fucking thing. Holy shit. <laughs> He's been holding the door his whole life. Look at <laughs> Just drop that kickstand down. It'll hold the door forever. <laughs> uh, Steve, let's say our number one moment together, right? Of all time. Our favorite moment. Arya kills, Arya the, kills Night the Night King. King. Yeah. <laughs> Is that not your number one? No, it is. I was expecting okay. a countdown. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was just going anyway. <laughs> yeah, to... It's Arya Kills the Night King because it's badass one. and awesome. Hot pie coming Done. back. <laughs> what is hot pie never pie? <laughs> no, it's Arya Kills the Night King because it's badass. It's awesome. It's it's the best payoff for like an entire character's arc with uh, Arya learning all the ninja skills required to shut all them blue eyes. And uh, goddamn right. And it just the way they kind of play with your emotions of oh she's got him oh no she don't oh she did get him damn girl. Uh, it's just perfect. It's great. I love it. It was perfect though. I would have also, as much as I love that, I would have loved to hate if Andy's way had gone as well. And Night King just snapped her little neck, and um, that would have been dope. that would have been cray cray. And I think the internet would have been much happier. There's a lot of Andys out there. Sick bastards. If he would have snacked, sn- snapped her neck, then Bran would have unsheathed his ice penis and stabbed him in the back. <laughs> I just pictured crippled Bran fucking the Night King now, thanks to you. Uh, and it's awesome. Um, and he's like riding in reverse cowgirl, I guess, because he's in the chair. Right I'm the three-eyed raven. I don't know what's raven. wrong. Let me show you my third eye. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I guess we're about done here, so Steve can go eat his skyline, which I just realized no one in the world knows what that is. Uh, and I'm not going to tell you. It's just a local delicacy. Um, if you're not from around here, you'll probably hate it. <laughs> Google it. Uh, anyway. Our top three favorite performances, best performances of the show. We'll just rattle them off as, as best we can. I guess we got to explain them a bit. Um, Andy, what's your number three favorite ja- performance? Uh, Jamie, Nikolai Coster-Waldo. Nikolai Coster-Waldo. Okay. Uh, oh, over to me? Yes, yeah, sir. Steve. Oh. Over to Steve. Charles Dance, Tywin Lannister. Honorable mention from me. Wonderful pick. Both of you. Also, uh, my number three is Alfie Allen as Ooh. Theon Greyjoy. I had nice. him as number. I'll find another, but I had him up there too. He's great. Yeah. You don't have to find another. Don't lie. Don't fucking lie, Steve. I've got like you can't. Ch- it's hard to choose your favorite actor in Game of Thrones. I think Alfie had some of the best range. He had a lot of shit to do, and he was occasionally annoying. He was uh, awesome. Andy. What's your number two? Uh, my number two is Tyrion, Peter Dinklage. Petey Dinkle. Petey Dink. Petey Dinkley. Pity Dinky. Uh, that's my number two as well. Fuck it. Steve, what's yours? Uh, uh, it was uh, Alfie Allen. Now you're going to lie. Was, it was Alfie Allen. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, Andy, what's your number one? My number one, the hound, Rory McCann. Ooh, Ooh. I wanted to put him on there, mm. but I didn't. Thank you. <laughs> Steve, numero uh, uno. Lena Headey. Yeah, Lena Headey, I think, is the the fucking juggernaut of Game of Thrones. Phenomenal actor. Phenomenal actor. And she's such a badass. You know, if you like listen to her interviews and stuff, she's like, cool. She's really cool. Do you guys remember that moment when she actually has a a fondness in her eyes and laughs with Tyrion? 
Uh, yeah, that's like in season or two. I think so. Yeah, when he's helping her a bunch, and I don't know. It's just you never see that again, mm-hmm. and she's like kind of seems like a sweet hot lady, mm-hmm. uh, you know. Yeah, and, she uh, does. She does which such a Lena good job. Is, of... But I meant Cersei, and uh, I don't know. That just I think that's that's what I think of when I think of how phenomenal of an actress she is. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, clear her, winner of the show. Her scene with um, oh gosh, I'm forgetting the actor's name, King Robert, Bob. Uh, Mark Addy. Mark Addy, her scene with Mark Addy, where they're kind of talking about uh, um, whether or not they, they really wants, loved each other and if it could have worked. Yeah, like she she loved him once, but um, he couldn't get over um, Lyanna Stark, and that's one of my favorite scenes in the entire show. Like that's a yeah. great, that's such a great scene. That's just like here are two wonderful actors. Just let them do their fucking thing. They're just sitting at a desk. It's just like gripping. F- you know, five minutes of TV of just two actors sitting at a desk talking to each other. It's probably the best original scene that the, the double E's ever wrote right yeah. there. Hands down. So a couple fun things as we wrap up here. Um, and again, don't forget about, cause you're probably starting to tune out. We're going to be covering Chernobyl and good omens. Um, those episodes will drop within a week or a week and a half or so. And then we're republishing our stranger things coverage, but some fun games that I thought up, way too late so we couldn't actually prepare is there who is the not the worst performance but somebody no one talks about as bad but you kind of just didn't think the acting was all that great is there anything that stands out for you steve or andy well if we're talking about worst acting uh, immediately i would think of uh fucking euron Greyjoy. that was atrocious but then it was a poorly written part so I'm not sure if that is his fault. I'm sure he's a nice know. Danish guy, right? Sure. Um, outside That's of true. that, um, honestly, maybe Kit Harrington is Jon Snow. Mm. Uh, he's just kind of. And you, can't, the gall to say that, Andy? We just smoked a cigarette with that man. <laughs> he right? told you all about the dragon CGI, man. <laughs> and and again, it's not his fault. It's just say it to he, his fucking face, Andy. He is written as the underdog hero and nothing but for the entirety of it. He never really makes a false step for the entirety of his arc. And that's really all we get from him. So I don't know that it's his fault. Um, it's And so I, I don't know if I can necessarily call it bad acting as much as just I wasn't all that interested when he was on screen. Okay. Steve, do you have any like so plot twists? So obviously there's some bad, you know, like original Dario, you're on Greyjoy, just really disappointing characters, but someone that no one really mentions being a bad actor. Do you have anything yeah, come to mind? I don't know mind? if this counts as, I, don't, I wouldn't say this is bad acting so much as just this is was such a like, okay, that guy happened. Um, yeah. Was, uh, and I, can't, I don't even know the actor's, the actor's name, but it was the, the Lord of Bones. Um. Yeah. Because when he kind of first appears, they make it out to be this big, like, oh, it's the Lord of Bones. Oh, he's this wildling badass. And then the next time you see him is at Hard Home, and he's a little bitch. <laughs> he's just yeah. a little bitch. And <laughs> Tormund just stomps him on the ground, like, fuck Lord of Bones. He ain't even in the High Council. That was, yeah, that was kind of a, a Euron Greyjoy moment. I think in the book, you know, Rattleshirt is another nickname for him. Mm-hmm. Um, he is a fucking crazy warrior person, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and he was just kind of a, a, a little bitch in the show um 
I, I don't, I go back and forth with this because in the later seasons, amazing stuff happens. Um, but I would say Sophie Turner. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, throughout the, the, the show run just never did it for me. And I know there are a lot of Sansa stands out really? there and I actually wanted her to be queen of the seven kingdoms with Tyrion. So, I mean, I'm, I'm among them toward the end, but, and I think you're supposed to kind of hate her character, right? Mm-hmm. Throughout the first three or four seasons. Um, definitely the first two. Um, no, I'd say the first one, she's just, you know, that's her little whiny girl character and she just doesn't get it. Right. And it's annoying because you love Arya so much, but yeah, I just, I don't know. I just, she never did it for me. I actually like Um, her in season one and then less really until like season six Six. or so. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, but if I can, uh, re change my answer, uh, Alaria Sand, uh, Oberyn's Paramore, I thought that she was terrible the whole way through. What about the shriek? She's like, uh, well, the shriek was her shining moment of glory. But uh, other than that, like, you know, Dawn will never be ruled again by weak men and shit. Like, just not good. What about Shay? Shay? Oh, yeah. Shay. Yeah. She wasn't great. I never really liked Shay that much. (laughs) Shay, I believe Shay's origins were as a porn star. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken. And... You can kind of tell. Um, Steve's looking at me crazy. That's 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 a fact. I think. No, no, I know what you just said about bringing up Shay. Just I'm just like playing all of Shay's scenes in my head, thinking like, oh god, yeah. The way she was played, it made it hard to believe that Tyrion fell in love with her. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, I agree. Shay Shay was not particularly good. Okay. Um, um, what about? I was most shocking deaths kind of boring. Mine's Hodor um, because I knew about the Viper and I knew about Ned and I knew about the Red Wedding. So that's not really fair to to do most shocking death. Yeah, Um, probably Hodor. Let's see. Best battles, boring. Best sex scene is boring. Yeah, I don't have any more fun games. (laughs) (laughs) How about (laughs) um, how about celebrity death match? Who would win in a fight? Ooh, ooh, I like this. Ned Stark. Okay. Or Jon Snow. Okay. Because uh, let's, let's keep in mind, book Jon Snow is actually a bad motherfucker. Is psychology involved or is it just pure fighting prowess? <laughs> I don't know. However you, wanna, however you want to take it. Would like, would he be able to be? kill his father? You know, I think yeah. is what Andy's getting yeah, at. Exactly. Or his yeah. son, so-and-so. Like. However you want to interpret it. I'm not going to kill my father. They're both so honorable. It'd be the most boring fight of all time. I'm not going to kill my son. (laughs) Uh, Pure fighting prowess, Jon Snow. Okay. Uh, Sansa Stark. I'm going to say Jon Snow as well. Versus. Marjorie. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's hot. No. Daenerys (laughs) Targaryen. Sansa versus Daenerys? Does Daenerys have her dragons? No. No. Okay. So just, just fight. They're in the it's, they're in the fighting pits with uh what's his name? The goat, right? Uh <laughs> the goat. The guy that cuts off Jamie's hand. Like oh, instead of the, yeah, instead yeah. Of the bear and Brienne. Vargo Hote, yeah. Yeah, Vargo Hote, the goat. That's what it is. <laughs> uh it's Daenerys and Sansa and they throw one dagger in the middle. Who wins? 
Daenerys. Daenerys, yeah. Daenerys. Okay, that one was bad. That one was bad. I think because um, originally I was like, oh, it's totally Sansa because when Danny picked up that sword in the long night, she couldn't do shit. But then right. I realized, oh, Sa- Sansa's like, what do you, I don't know how to use a knife. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sticking with the pint hand. I've never had to cut meat before. <laughs> okay. Arya Stark versus Mira Reed. Arya. I'm, freesty- I'm freestyling these, by the way. Arya um, for sure. Arya only has needle. I say, and Mira what, has the net and the spear. Which version of Arya? Like full on grown up super Arya. Assassin? Grown up Arya. Post sex. Post coitus Arya. Oh, post coitus the Mira for sure because she's gonna be all wobbly legged and shit. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I just finished. Let's go. <laughs> I'm hungry. Um, I'm kind of no, sad. I'm thinking I, about Paul. I want to say Mira because I fucking love. I love the reeds and I hate that they were so uh, poorly represented. But in that instance, absolutely, Arya. Oh, I have a good one. Bring, bring down the reeds on top to the mud pit. Podrick <laughs> <laughs> Kane wrestling. versus Gendry Baratheon with his hammer. Ooh. Fully trained pod. Pod the rod. Pod. Yeah. I'm going to give it to pod. Now, are we just saying who we like or who would really win? I think pod would actually win because Gendry never really struck me as someone who, you know, had truly mastered the craft of swinging that hammer. No, yeah. he was just happened to be a master fighter's son pod was trained by brienne for years i mean this is a this fight is the perfect example of like even with the best genetics in the world that don't beat pure training from the best in the world you know what i mean okay (laughs) so let's um brienne versus jamie with both hands Ooh, gotta go with jamie I mean, we saw that. That's a weird one because we saw it. But wasn't his hands tied? He, he had chains, yeah, but it's not yeah. the same thing. It's a yeah. two-handed broadsword. It's not really going to make much of a difference. It'll let him move a little bit better. A little bit. He does eventually get... Doesn't she cut his chains in half right before they get caught? I don't remember. I don't no. remember. It's been a while. I don't think so, but okay. Well, I was going to say... That's a close one. Jamie, at, two-handed Jamie at the height of his strength... Versus Sandor Clegane. Uh, because Jamie. Jamie's prowess is f- far and wide famous, right? As far as I understand it, he's the second best fighter of all time compared to Arthur Dane. Yeah, but I mean, that's rumor and legend. Right. And Sandor is a bad motherfucker. That's a tough one. I'm going to have to go with uh, Jamie just because he's got the speed. Yeah. I okay. Would go with Jamie there. Okay. okay. Let's, what How else is interesting? Catelyn Stark versus Walder Frey. I'm going to give it to Cat. <laughs> Catelyn Stark. <laughs> oh, God. That poor Frey, man. Especially if her kids are on the line. Holy shit. Yeah. Put one of her kids in danger. It's over. How about that moment where we were, she reveals that the kid that she was praying over and sewing the seven thing was John and that she actually really loved and cared for him. Mm. Do you remember and that? And then she threw it all away because she's cat. Okay, how about this? How about this? How about this? Gilly's baby <laughs> versus his White Walker brother cousin baby. 
So we talking about <laughs> Sam and the one that we actually got shown turn into a White Walker? Baby fight. <laughs> Baby Who wins? Fight. <laughs> we all win in that instance. That's amazing. <laughs> okay. Well, I, would as- I would assume that uh, Gilly's baby Sam is not equipped with dragon glass, so there's no way that baby can win. <laughs> Here's a painful one. Double-sided bow staff Arya versus spear-wielding viper. Boom. Uh, Spielberg and Viper. Try immediately. to s- stomach that one. <laughs> Viper could have beat just about anybody. He probably could would have beaten uh, Jamie if it wasn't for his arrogance. That's what part of why I was asking about psychology. Well, that's not part of why, but that I think the psychology also applies here. Like, are we talking about pure, pure fighting prowess? Uh, I think that Oberyn would beat just about anybody alive. Uh, but he's arrogant, and that's his downfall. Okay. Okay. He's just screaming like at Arya, you raped her. You <laughs> murdered her. <laughs> no, I didn't. Stop it. You're weirding me out. Um, talking about Gendry, you raped him. <laughs> he was a sweet little boy. All right. That, I think, brings us to a close of our love letter to Game of Thrones. Tune in soon for our Chernobyl coverage, our Good Omens coverage, and what we do best our Stranger Things Season 3 coverage. Um, we'll probably sprinkle Stranger in some um, Black Mirror. Was it Season 3? Uh, like 5, I think. Really? Yeah, yeah I think it's, so. at, it's at least 5. No more than 5. You're not counting the movie, are you? No. No. Bandersnatch? No. Whatever. I never even saw the movie. What? <laughs> I didn't watch it either. Um it's not it's supposed right. to watch it without my girlfriend, and we just never did it. It's funny. Neither That's how that always goes down. Nope. Oh, it's cool. I'm a it's huge like... fan of Benedict Bandersnatch. <laughs> <laughs> I love his work. Uh, Bandersnatch Cumberbatch. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's about all we have for this week. Uh, email us at streamingthingspod at gmail.com. Let us know your thoughts, your favorite moments, who would win in fights on the Game of Thrones, what you thought of Chernobyl, are you digging good omens, what do you want us to cover, are you even listening? Streamingthingspod at gmail.com. You can follow me, Chris Rudd, on Twitter at C Michael Rudd. Steve. Steve May 13. Twitter? Steve May 13. Andy. At Inkwell Verbal. Yeah, follow the Emmy-nominated Steve May at Steve May 13. <laughs> the 2B Oscar-nominated Andy. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Chris. I'm Andy. And I'm Steve. This has been Streaming Things Binge and Nerd. Cue the music. So if any more words come pouring out your cunt mouth... I'm going to have to eat every fucking chicken in this room. We lost Andy. Fuck. (laughs) He might have lost his internet, dude. I have no idea what's going on, but uh, power just went out for a second, and now it's coming back on. And I don't know what's going on with the the, uh, Skype call, but I'm still recording. So these are the travel logs of Andy. I'm now going to call Chris and Steve and uh, find out what's going on. Hey, buddy. Your internet died, didn't it?